Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Say prayers to whoever you say prayers to, that when you have a buildup of ice, that the temperature goes up. You don't want the temperature going down. Here's what you don't want. The temperature going down and a big wind coming through. Because branches come off at that. And they're lethal weapons because they're heavier than they normally would be because they're coated with ice. One of these hits you in your chest, it's going through you. You're a dead man. That's my experience. (laughs) Actually, it's not my experience. It's my fear. (laughs) The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty, then. Daniel Berger gagged yesterday. We're not going to spend a lot of time in the golf. Yeah, like a 4-5 shot lead? 4-5 shot lead, and he was plus four through the front six holes, and he lost the tournament. And Sepp Straka, the rain was... The volume of the rain was unbelievable how hard it fell. Florida rain. This is what happens late afternoon, Florida rain. No thunder, though, apparently, because they continued to play. Sepp Straka won it and um, won it by birdieing, I don't know, maybe three or less, five holes, something like that. And uh, interesting story. Moved to Georgia when he was about 14. Yeah, went to the University of Georgia, Georgia too, which is a great golf school. They produced a lot of pros. First Austrian to win on the tour, is that what they said? Brian Harmon went to Georgia, who won the the junior Junior here at Columbia. Yeah, the junior at Columbia. Now, when he was in the scorer's tent, I couldn't tell. He had a silver can in his his hand. I was not sure if it was a Diet Coke or a Coors Latte. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a beer. Um, So he wins because Shane Lowry had a bad tee shot on 18. Shane Lowry needed to birdie. And didn't birdie and lost the whole deal. Um, bad tee shot to the left, right, in the schmutz. Yeah, again, they're playing through a squall. Oh, Look, it looked but, like everyone in the group was like, my, is it, am I out? Are you away? It's Trying just, to wait for the rain to subside. Wow, it was really <laughs> Me? something. All right. Um, so I wanted to, I'm going to get to some letters in, in a second, but I just wanted to say this, and, and it is my marveling at nature. Um, Washington has not had a severe winter in terms of snow. By no means. Ten, you know, three snowstorms, total of 10, 12 inches. Nothing, nothing debilitating, really. But January and February have been very cold. I think I mentioned this the other day. For the first time in my life, my uh, heating bill was over $400 in a month. It's the highest it ever was before, if I checked my records, about 325 It's over 400 for one month. We January. had our highest bill this past period as well, but it's, we have not, we've not been a win- through a winter in the new house, and we were, we were asking you as to why this was the case. Because we don't keep our house at 75 like you do. Well, Carol does. I don't really like it that way. That's why there are open windows in the middle of the winter. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's running. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's been a very cold winter. It's been particularly cold on the weekends, which is annoying because you can't go out and play golf. Anyway, with all that cold, a couple of days ago, I was walking the dog, and uh, two blocks from here, in an area that gets much better light than I do. My house faces, my DC house faces southeast, and it doesn't really get a lot of good sun. It doesn't. Um, The Delaware house faces due north and gets no sun. No sun. So if we get a snow in Delaware, while it melts across the street, it doesn't melt at my house at all. So the angle of the sun and when you see the sun has something to do with this. But a couple of blocks from here, which with a much better exposure, daffodils were up and out. There were yellow daffodils are up and out. Crocuses are up and out, even in this cold. And I notice in the in my yard in the areas that get virtually no sun. 
the stalks of the daffodils have come up. You know, they've, they've pushed through the earth. They're now exposed. And so it, it's, you know, the, the crocus it's is the, the miracle purple, it's of the purple nature. one, purple and yellow. Okay. And the white one is like a snowdrop. Yeah. That's not those a crocus. Up, yeah. Those came out about two weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, even in the cold, but even the, when the you for, say it's really cold, the forsythia has started to bloom in that good exposure, not in your backyard, not mine, but a lot of the ones that have like a, like a hot Western exposure. Yeah. So, you know, it happens, you know, bet nature, <laughs> give the points, <laughs> give the points. Let me get to this other thing. I occasionally get mail delivered to the office at um, DeSale Street, the ABC building, ESPN mail. Some of the mail is from 2020. Bonnie brought over about eight letters, some of them from 2020, from 2020. And I wanted to say, Bonnie, where have you been keeping these? Anyway, I wanted to read a couple. Yes, we usually do this. We got a very nice note. There's a wedding coming up. Uh... It's gone. February. Oh, no. Please respond by February 26th. March 26th. Um, Silver Sycamore in Pasadena, Texas. Dinner and dancing to follow. Melanie Moore and Andy Netzel. And they sent us, sent me an invitation, which is nice. You get a plus one. I invite you to using <laughs> the term grandpa in the whole dear Dr. Grandpa that in your old age, you will think I am actually part of your family and attend my wedding. Although I know better and there's a better chance of Wander Suero making the Hall of Fame than you attending some rum-dums wedding. Please let me know which of Wilbon's four houses to send his invitation to. The woman to, whom I'm, woman to whom I'm about to be related by marriage disapproved of me using Nigel's yardstick and string method, so I was professionally measured by some hotshot at Indochino who undoubtedly reads Louise Gluck in his free time. It's very lovely from uh, Andy. So that was nice. I got that. Here's one from 2020. This is my favorite one. Please send help quick. No, no, no. What's the month? 2020. <laughs> May 5th, 2020. It's addressed to Jimmy Pataro. It's about me. Wait till you Ooh. hear this. <laughs> Dear Mr. Pataro, I've been a devoted fan of Pardon the Interruption for the past 15 plus years, watching almost every day, but a couple of months ago. So that would be in like March of 2020. I quit the show once and for all. I just can't stand Tony Kornheiser any longer. <laughs> Kornheiser has become so arrogant over the years, and it's hard to understand why. His commentary has long been superficial. His attempted at humor is seriously outdated. Very simply, his time has come and gone. On the contrary, Mike Wilbon continues to excel in his role at PTI. He's been carrying Kornheiser for a long time, and he speaks with substance and clarity on the pertinent topics of the day. Kornheiser was a massive failure during his brief time as a commentator on Monday Night Football. He's arguably the worst analyst in the 50-year history of Monday Night Football. It is time to replace Kornheiser. Maybe he can take his show to the Catskills or the assisted living circuit. Thank you. Very truly yours, Dave Joseph, Kansas City, Kansas. If anybody lives in Kansas City, Kansas, who, who um, knows Dave Joseph, tell him I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he's doing, but I'm still here. It's my favorite letter of all time. 2020. Here's one that made me think because it was a little bit disturbing. This is 2022. It's from, it doesn't even say who it's from. It's signed, it looks like KDR or something. Dear Tony, I would listen religiously to your every podcast. However, getting a little frustrated by COVID or OA. OA, I think, might be old age. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, what I suppose it could be. I have OA having just strain. hit the 80 mark. So that's yep. why I thought it was him. However, I can see that we will forever have you in the attic. Forever, 
Okay, even I can take that. But have you conveniently stopped even referring to getting back to a location where it can be face-to-face interaction? Not even a mention about returning. It's also been sort of evident that the emails can be recorded earlier. So basically, you are only doing a very shortened version to what you were doing before COVID. I understand all of this, and I admire you still even doing the show at your age. You know, OA referred to above. I know all of this is better for you and your family economically, but I don't think it makes for such a fun show as before. Just saying. Okay, so I think he's talking about the podcast, since he says he can take the attic all the time. I think he's talking about the old podcast versus the new podcast. I don't. I, I record commercials. I don't record anything else. Right. We're doing this as we go. The commercials are recorded literally one minute before we do the show, only because it's easier to do it that way. But the rest of the show follows in sequence. I think about this a lot. I'm not troubled by it or tortured by it. It's a different show now. I enjoyed the show we did when every day we had two of the following five people, Gary and Chris and David and Tori and Jeannie. I enjoyed that show a lot. It became impossible to do with COVID and mask regulation. It became impossible to do. Is it impossible today? Still, tomorrow it's it's okay. Tomorrow I think changes. March 1st. Tomorrow it's magic, I think it's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'll think about it. I'll think about going back to a studio, but uh, like I've t- Michael and I have talked about this at great length. It's a different show, but you like this show. I do like the show. I miss seeing my friends, and I miss the spontaneity of what that show offers, and I miss the different segments. I say this all the time. I feel bad that the burden falls on you because you now have a two interview show, so it's a phone heavy show. But <clears throat> to be fair, when you're when you balance it out three times a week. You're the best interviewer that I that I listen to, so I yes. I actually have found myself looking forward to those more <coughs> intimate conversations. Uh, I think what people often don't realize is we don't have a good solution for a in person studio don't. yet. That doesn't mean we can't figure one out or we can't build one, which I think is the path. If anyone has ever seen where where Kip Sheeman does his show, I think. I think something like that would give us more flexibility. We had a new space in the radio studio, but that still did not offer us the the positioning around a table that would provide some of the some of that spontaneity or banter that we, we right. grew to really appreciate. Yeah. So so uh, we think about this too. Now I want to go back to that letter. It was printed in uh, it was printed in landscape mode. What do you mean? It was horizontal. Oh yeah, that was weird. That's yeah, it was a, a little an strange. Active choice. Yes. From Mark Phillip. We didn't sign his name. Mark Phillip in Oswego, Illinois, not Oswego, New York. I'm writing regarding this is June 15, 2020. It's about the national anthem. He wants he offers changes on the national anthem in in football because Colin Kaepernick says, "Please respond so I'm aware that my suggestion has been received and any thoughts you might have about this possibility." It's two years old, and I'm responding now because I just got it, and there's not much I can do about it because nobody listens. Were these letters delivered to you unopened or opened? Unopened. Unopened. I got from uh, John Werda in Warren, Arkansas. He asked for an autograph, and so I I can do that. That's easy. But that also was 2020. He may be gone by now, for all I know. Here's one. Uh, Michelle Taylor. Michelle Taylor Ware. Lindhurst, Ohio. After watching PTI last Thursday, and this was October of 2020, so it's a lot of Thursdays ago, I have a couple of comments. One, while LeBron James is a fantastic basketball player, but he was not the most valuable player this year, simply has played virtually every game alongside arguably one of the top three players in the league, one Anthony Davis. And you, what you forgot, Michelle, when you wrote this, because he's made out of glass, Anthony Davis doesn't play anymore. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Greek freak basically led his team to their record all by himself. That's quite a difference. 
Plus, LeBron started whining about only getting so many first-place votes for MVP. He's lucky he got those after the great season Giannis had, both offensively and defensively. What's interesting to me about this, it's from Ohio, where LeBron's from, from Ohio. Also, the hideous outfit you had on needs to go. Now, I <laughs> don't remember what, I don't remember what it was. A check shirt, jacket, and tie just don't cut it. My husband, who runs a men's clothing store, said it's simple. If you wear a pattern shirt, wear a solid color jacket, and vice versa. With a pattern jacket, wear a solid color shirt. Even you can follow that simple rule. You and Wilbon stay safe and continued success. Now, I don't know what I wore, but I'm pretty good about not wearing checks and plaids. I'm pretty good about that most of the time. So I'm a little surprised at that. I've got a birthday card here. This, I don't even have a date on this. That's a heavy weight. That looks like a nice card. It says, yeah. do I wish you the happiest birthday in the solar system? You yeah, bet your anus I did. <laughs> I was going to say, what, from, the outside, from the outside, it looked like it was designed have for boots or the hammer. No then ifs, you get to the inside. <laughs> and it's happy 72nd, so it's a while ago. Yeah. It's two years ago. This is like a time capsule. Found the perfect card for you. We're big fans Mike of you and Mike on PTI. God bless. The K-O-T-A-N-I-D-E-S Cotanides family of canton ohio it's a great card it's a brilliant card. Yes. so thank you very very much for all of these things particularly the guy who wants me fired <laughs> Dear Mr. I'm, Pizarro, he yeah. makes a number of good points <laughs> yeah, he does <laughs> he does you know he said james Pitaro. that's interesting because he he introduces himself as jimmy right he wants to be jimmy well, if this is a formal complaint, he wants to address him as James. No, it's it's great. Again, what's his name? Dave Taylor? I can't remember his name. Who knows? I don't know. Somebody, we must have some listeners in Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> I'm sure we have some in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. Kansas I'm, City, Kansas. It's, that certainly across, Is do. that the river? Is there a river that separates I Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri? Because didn't your roommate in college? Yeah, the Merrill family. Yeah, Kansas City Country Missouri. Club. That's in is that in Missouri or Kansas? I thought it was in Kansas. The club, I think, is in Kansas. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, that's where Tom Watson. Oh, really? From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't Tom Watson. Dave Joseph, Kansas City, Kansas. If you know him, say hi for me. <laughs> we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll take a break, and um, I'm going to save this. I may mount that. I may frame that. I may go to Framebridge. Framebridge, yeah, Framebridge it. That's what a takedown that one is. Uh Wilbon, when we return? Yes. Michael Wilbon. Is he back in, in Maryland? He is, no, he's in Arizona. He's in Arizona? In Arizona. We're waking him up at 5 in the morning? Oh, no, it's 6 there. It's a two-hour difference. two hours, yes. He left New York for Arizona? Yeah, he texted me last night. He's like, I'm in the air. You know, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow oh, morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Michael Granberry, who we like so much from the Dallas Morning News. Yes. He writes, Leslie Mendelson is young enough to be the daughter of every member of the legendary rock band The Who, for whom she twice opened at Madison Square Garden. 
where she also sang the national anthem at a Knicks game. She recorded a duet with Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead, and in 2018, she and longtime collaborator Steve McEwen were invited to team up with Jackson Brown to write a song for the documentary 5B about healthcare workers in the early days of the AIDS crisis. The result is a human touch sung by Mendelssohn and Brown that also appears on Brown's 2021 album, Downhill From Everywhere, which was nominated for a Grammy. This girl's fantastic. She's tremendous, yes. This is called Coney Island. Um, we're going to play her twice today, Leslie Mendelssohn. Everybody Michael Granberry sends us is tremendous. And this is a girl from South Setauket on Long Island, so that makes me very, very happy. Leslie Mendelssohn. Plays in Michael Wilbon. Um, and this sounds, it sounds very vaguely uh, like We Will All Go Down Together by Billy Joel, the beginning of that oh, song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wilbon, are you, where are you? Are you in Bethesda? Or are you I'm in some, Arizona. Oh, so you, le you left New York and went to Arizona last night? Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, I, I got a note this morning from my friend Mike Crowley, who said that Dick Versace passed away. I remember Dick Versace as an NBA coach with yeah. one of the great perms of all time, a wildly mm -hmm. gray perm. But apparently he coached in Chicago at a high school in yeah. Chicago, got all the way to the NBA. Are you familiar with him? Oh, God, yeah, of course. You can't. I mean, you're, people, you're here. In Chicago, you're as familiar with Dick Versace as you are with Isaiah Thomas or Dwayne oh. Wade. Or, I mean, you know, he, okay. he's, a, he's a Chicago guy. And right. I can't tell you the name of high school. He's at Bradley... Uh, but I did not know that, and I'm sorry to hear it. Michael's got it. Gordon Tech. Gordon Tech. Gordon do you Tech, know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, he passed away. I mean, I think in his 80s. But he was. I remember his look, right? Because of the perm and everything. I remember yeah, his look. The sideburns, mutton chops. Oh yeah. The whole thing going on. Yeah, he really did. Did you didn't watch any golf yesterday? You were watching basketball? Did you oh, watch God, any no. of the golf? No. Okay. I didn't so, even know where the golf right. was. No, no. This was a this was a a full basketball weekend for me in every you know conceivable way, um, because you know with football done now, it's yep. the first weekend that basketball had a you know just a a clear shot. Uh, and college, obviously, that Saturday with six the top six teams all losing, all lose. All lose. We're going to talk to to forty later. Year, I thought there were going to be ten number ones. I think there've been eight. I got a shot with two weeks left before the tournament. Anyway, you do. At, you do. At, at, at getting that right, yeah. So let me get to some things in the pros, and and this is these are questions that it seems to me anybody might have. What are we waiting for with Ben Simmons? What <laughs> what is this? What are we waiting for? Well, Tony, I mean, you know, most people don't think much of his claims about his own mental health, and people That's right. looking at each other going, what, what, huh? what are you talking about? Right. And so if, if there is something to that, and I'm not going to say there isn't, then you know, people have to be serious about Ben Simmons' own health and whether he's ready to play or not. And that is, it's one note, but that's the note. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that, but the day he was traded, he said he was so happy, he was looking forward to playing, and, I, like, I don't know what's going on here. Is it possible he could miss the entire regular season? No, no, it's not. He'll play some time. I, 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 there's a game coming up in Philly. I mean, he can't have his first game back beat. No, he Philly. can't. He, he can't go there. You know, it's like, so, no. He I mean, can, he'll, do what, he'll do what Kyrie does. He just won't show up in Boston. He just won't yeah, show up. It's, it's, it's a bad look 
but yeah, he'll have to play some time uh, really soon. I mean, Harden is obviously playing already. Um, and so, yeah, Simmons is going to have to take the floor. They got to find out whether they can, what they can get yes. out of him and what yes. it is. How yes. well can he play? Uh, I don't think much of what of Brooklyn's chances this year at all. I don't. You know I where I am. Good. You know where I am on Philly because I said so the last time we did the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked into the camera and I said to you, they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to yep. win them. They're going to yep. go to the NBA Finals because James Harden is going to be great. And so far in two games, he's Mike, he's been great. He's, he's been, been great. great. Yeah. Yeah. 30-point triple-double in the most recent one. You know, Tom, they certainly could. They could. Um, and I think they got the better of the trade for the short term. Me too. Um, but, Me too. But, you know, I look, the East is so good. There's so many teams that, I mean, you, the Celtics are now a, a legit threat in the East to win it. So there's a lot of teams. I don't know that I, I, I don't know that Philly will win it. I think that they are a factor. I think it'll be a, a, a fun watch. I want them to play. I want Philly and Brooklyn to play each other in the first round of the playoffs. So one of them can get the hell out and go home. But, um, let's talk about the first place team in the East. This is the team you grew up watching. You know, people hear you talk about the Phoenix Suns, but the Chicago Bulls are the team that you root for the yeah, most. They're not first anymore, but they're... they're, they're well, who gets you know. the credit for them? I mean, they were a losing team last year. 31, right? Yeah. 51 or 41 yes, and 41, yes. whatever uh, it was. Kornishevist is the, the GM, is the president of basketball ops, and working under him is a guy that I'm getting to know, Mark Eversley, who was, was with the Wizards. Um, was with the Wizards, um, is with the Bulls now. They made astute choices, astute mm-hmm. in the offseason. The, the, the main thing they did didn't have to work. People didn't think it would work. And that is to get DeMar DeRozan and put him on the floor with Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. And they have Billy Donovan. They believe in player development. They believe in people getting better. Not people getting there and sitting while they make $40 million and don't play again. That's not what they do. So it worked with DeMar DeRozan. He and Zach Levine talked to each other. They said, Hi, let, let's see how we can make this work. And they've already gotten Vucevic last year, you know, um, and so they added, you know, adding DeRozan, who DeRozan wanted to stay in his hometown of L.A. He wanted to play for the Lakers. Lakers said, nah, we don't want you. So the Lakers gave up on getting him. Look what he's doing. The Lakers gave up on Caruso, who had been terrific for them. Now he's terrific for the Bulls. And they need to get him back after that thug, Grayson Allen, Knocked him out of midair and broke his wrist. So, but but those two tones very responsible for putting that Bulls team together, and Billy Donovan in terms of coaching them. So, that's what they did, and they got. I don't. I don't think they can can win. I, I don't think they can win the East. Right. No, but, nor do I. But they've been very good. Yeah. Yeah. They've been very good. So, Demar Derozan had a streak where in eight straight games. He scored at least 35 points. The people who have done that in the history of the NBA are the following six other people. Will Chamberlain, perhaps you've heard of him. (laughs) Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Harden. It's a fantastic list. And it got me to thinking, Mike, 
And I was walking the dog the other day, and I tried to come up with my top 10 NBA players of all time. And I don't have a 10th. I think you and I will agree with the 9. I think, but I'm, maybe I'm you have a 10th. evolve a little bit. I, I bet we're going to agree on 6 of the 9. Okay. Here's what I've got. Okay. I got Wilt Russell and Kareem. I don't know how you cannot have Wilt Russell and Kareem. Yeah. I got Magic, Oscar, and Jordan. Yeah. And I got Bird, Kobe, and LeBron. But I don't have a tenth. Who do you want to throw somebody out of that, or do you want to put somebody well, into that? I mean, you could, I, you you can put. Uh, there's going to be a heavy emphasis on championships, and that's what hurts Oscar, who won one. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. But as you know, he's the greatest player I've ever seen. I know. I know. I, I get yeah, that you right. feel that way, and right. I get why you feel I'm that old. way. Yeah, I'm old. There's, there's there's a couple of modern players you could put in there. Go uh, ahead. You could put Kevin Durant in there. You could. But Kevin Durant could retire as a top 10, 11, 12 player. Okay. Okay. Um, you could. Because I think he's got to win. I think he's got to win somewhere other than Golden State, don't okay. you? Okay, and that's fairly legit. Right. I mean, that's totally legit. Right. Okay. You could put Steph Curry in there because he's the single greatest okay. player at, at, the, at the most important thing in basketball, which is shooting it. Yes. So you could put Steph Curry there. I don't have Shaq there. He's Nor do I. 12, yeah, you know. I, I, because I've got these other three centers ahead of him, clearly. Yes, I understand right? that. I get that. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying those are the people that you'd offer up right. as possible tens. Those are the people but are, that you'd, you'd offer. Are you okay with my nine? So Oscar yeah, is the one course. that you... Yeah. Of course. Because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm out too. there. Yeah. I'm out there with the dog, and these nine just flow right off your tongue. I mean, you, you just go, okay. No, I mean, like, I think I, another guy you could have for your 10 is Tim Duncan. Yeah, because he's so, got four. Yeah. You know, no, he's got five. Oh, he's got five. Okay. He's got, he's he's got, got five. He's got all five of the ones One with that Robinson. Right. Okay. The Spurs yeah. have. Yes. So, I, I, you know, those are the people who would be in that discussion. You, you said LeBron, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but so what, you could put Tim Duncan in there. You could put Steph Curry there. You could put Shaq there. You could put. I mean, there's a there's a limited universe of people that you could put in that spot. Here's that, that, you know, here's I what I was people. So I was thinking about that. I mean, you know, there those nine are fun. What I can't do anymore is have a top five. No, I can't. It's too hard. I can't. It's too hard. It is, isn't it? And if you go top four, if you go Mount Rushmore, I can't do it. Well, I do it, and then I now have backed off what I have believed for 10 years. I, my, my Mount Rushmore has been Russell, Magic, Jordan, and LeBron. Mm-hmm. And the longer I have said that, and I have been absolutely certain in my life in those four, and I go, wait a minute. What is it that LeBron is better at than Kobe? And the answer is playmaking. But he wasn't as good as Kobe at some other things. And so I can have Kobe on that list. The further we get out, the more I say I'm not going to be as automatic about that as I've been. See, I, 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 would, I would also say this. Give me your four again. Russell, Jordan. Magic. Kobe. and Okay. I'll take the other five that I've got and I'll play you. Do you know what I mean? 
I'll play you because I think I'll beat you. Because you give you giving me Wilt and Kareem, so I think I'm going to beat you. Yeah, but the problem with Wilt and Kareem is they're not Russell. I understand. I feel I can definitively make the case for Russell over Kareem and over. I get it. I get it. But I'd like to see Russell. Like I, I reject the notion that the Celtics players that Russell was surrounded by better players than Wilt. That's garbage. It's garbage. Because Wilt played with Elgin and West, and he lost to the Celtics. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but they uh-huh. they also won one. They won they one. They won. They lost yeah. seven. Jerry West oh, yeah, lost but no, seven but... times to the Celtics and Russell. Right, but but Wilt wasn't on most no, of those teams. On two or three of those. Two no. or three. That's all. Two or three, and they won one. Then they won one. Well, yeah, that's right. One is the, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's well, but Wilt, Wilt was older then. Wilt was, but see, uh, I would make the case for Kareem, as great a defender yeah, as Russell is, yeah, yeah. he can't guard Kareem seven three. Kareem, he can't guard him. Look, Kareem has the single greatest weapon in the history of the game. The hook. The sky hook. Kareem. Kareem missed the playoffs. Yeah, Kareem twice. Kareem was resuscitated twice. by the arrival of Magic Johnson. It's true. It's See, true. This is my problem with, with, with LeBron. Don't tell me you're the GOAT, young man, if you have to go to Dwayne Wade and say, bail me out. Right. I don't want to hear that. You're not the GOAT. LeBron will never be the GOAT. No, he's he not. to go to a guy who's a peer, who already had a title, and say, help me. I'm sorry. Michael Jeffrey Jordan asked anybody to help him? Yeah, teammate, Scotty. That's it. So, no. So, so, so that's why I think I can have Russell goes above Wilton Kareem, Jordan goes above LeBron, and Kobe. The more I think about it, the more I just say, LeBron was not better than Kobe. He he isn't. Now you could, I'm sure there's some people who could. Um, I ain't talking about analytics people. I don't give a damn what they say. I'm talking about having watched both of those guys, both of their careers. Every I watched them both. I watched them both. What I would say, I I thought about this. uh, If there is a statue of Kobe, and I'm sure there'll be a statue of Kobe. I want his left leg kicking out, kicking the defender <laughs> as he goes up in the air. That's, right. that's what I want to well, see. Because that was allowed. And there is a yeah. statue. There's a statue. That's it's, I in, want it's in L.A. Left right, leg right, out. Staples. Fantastic. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Uh, go, go to bed. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. <laughs> Waking up early in Arizona. We'll take a break. Pat Forty uh, to talk about what Wilbon said, that the top six teams for the first time in the history of the world The top six college teams all lost on the same day. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, 
interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Leslie Mendelson. This time she's joined by somebody you may have heard of, Jackson Brown. Who's that? Yeah, Jackson Brown. <laughs> As Jackson Brown said in 65, I was 17, heading up 101. Was Jackson Brown once said, that girl can sing. <laughs> this girl can sing. And Michael Granberry says that she does a fabulous cover of Be My Baby, which I would love to hear. Yes. Leslie Mendelssohn, boys and girls. Michael, if people like Leslie Mendelssohn want their music played on the show, what do they do? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. She plays in Pat 40, and, and this extraordinary thing happened. Or maybe I'm exaggerating when I say extraordinary because it's just sort of arbitrary that teams are ranked. But for the first time ever, the top six teams in the AP poll all got beat over the weekend. And a seventh team, Texas Tech, which was rated ninth, got beat. So Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, Kentucky, one through six, all got beat. Do, is this, in fact, extraordinary or is it just some weird, small factoid, Pat? I think it's both, if we can go that way. Uh, they were all playing good opponents on the road. So the setup, I think, was there. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know it was on the road. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Um, so, you know, they, they, the chance was, was, was realistic that this could happen. But what I think it underscores, Tony, is that there are no super teams this year. Uh, everybody except Murray State has more than two losses only two teams are undefeated in their leagues. Uh, and in the Power Five, nobody's undefeated in their leagues. Power Six, if you want to throw the Big East in there. So, I, you know, I think we, we, there was nobody undefeated in the whole country as of mid-January. You know, I just think that there's uh, a little bit more um, competitiveness at the top, uh, you know, spread across a large number of teams than we usually see. Yeah, I remember having this conversation with Billis about a month ago where he said that last year everybody knew that Baylor and Gonzaga were the two best teams. The number three team was far back. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but then he said this year we don't have that. We don't have that. It's more of a blanket approach. You would agree with that or no? Yep, agree with that completely. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I think we're looking at a dozen teams that could probably win a national championship at this point uh, as opposed to la yeah, last year when it would have been a real surprise if it weren't one of those two. Um, I was I always look at Auburn because as much as I like Bruce Pearl, I really don't know how he's allowed to be a coach anymore, but I really <laughs> like him. Uh, Auburn has now lost three straight on the roads. I mean, you'd, you'd say to yourself, you know, once, once you get into the tournament, there's no more home games. Now, everybody's on the road, but, I, you know, on the road at somebody else's gym is different because these are neutral sites. But I look at Auburn that way. But it, the other thing that... In my lifetime, the SEC was Kentucky and a bunch of football schools. And now the SEC seems to be maybe the best basketball conference, or maybe the Big Ten is. I don't know. But how did the SEC get good? Uh, you know, I think what they've done, first of all, they've, they've done some, some good hiring. And as you said, probably tolerated some stuff. 
such as Bruce Pearl and Will Wade, both still being employed where they are. Yeah. Uh, But so, you know, you've got John Calipari, you've got Bruce Pearl, you've got Nate Oates doing a phenomenal job at Alabama. You have Eric Musselman doing the same at Arkansas. Uh, And so there you've got good coaches who are recruiting well and you have schools that are flush with money so they can put anything they need to into it because they're all making a gazillion dollars in football revenue. And so, yeah, pay the coaches well, build the facilities, uh, add support staff, do all the things that, uh, that you need to do nowadays to, to recruit and, and to build programs. And it's true that, uh, I mean, it's, it's a really good league this year, and uh, it's a deep league. I, you know, that's going to be a very, very good tournament. I think it's in uh, Tampa, which is weird, but, but that'll be a really good one. And as for Auburn, uh, you know, they <laughs> – They've got everything you would want to win a national championship. The only problem is they have a point guard who's a transfer from Eastern Kentucky who has the ball more than the guy who's going to be the number one pick, perhaps, in the draft, Jabari Smith. Bruce, is kind of, he always lets his point guard go a lot, but he might want to bring in Wendell Green Jr., who's, who's a good player, but still, again, a transfer from Eastern Kentucky, and say, see that guy there? He's going to be making $100 million this summer. <laughs> Give him the ball. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe Bruce will find that out. Somebody will tell him that. Maybe you'll tell him that. Um, so uh, the SEC is is really good. What I wonder about is all the stuff we ever basically read about name, image, and likeness is for football players in the SEC. Is that stuff exist in basketball, too? Well, it certainly does in Kentucky. They got, they yeah. got some nice deals <laughs> in Kentucky. Uh, right. One could say they've always had nice deals in Kentucky. We yes. just know more about them now. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, there's name, image, likeness opportunities elsewhere as well. Uh, you know, I mean, Arkansas is a great following and, uh, you know, has, has got people that will get behind their program. Tennessee, you know, I think they've done some stuff. Uh, they, there is, that's another area, too, where the SEC, their, their backers, their boosters will, will do what, what they need to, to get players. And that's going to help, I think, the SEC long term as well. The transfer portal is a very big deal in football because you can't go to the pros in football after a year. There are rules against it. The one-and-done rule is the stupidest rule in the history of mankind. It's ruined college basketball, but it still exists. But is the transfer portal anything in basketball? Because if you're really good, aren't you leaving as soon as you can? Yes, but actually, really, the transfer portal is more active, believe it or not, in basketball than in football in terms of percentage. I mean, there's guys... The transfer numbers this past off season and the year before were just crazy. I mean, really? hundreds and hundreds of players. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, you know, I mean, you're you're right that it's not like, uh, you know, the, there's a a really good starting quarterback, you know, who's going from one school to another because, as you said, they can't go pro. The the best players are still going to go pro, of course, but right. The next strata of players uh, has been very mobile and especially up and down, you know, like mid-major to major and major down to mid-major. And you've seen some guys make really big impacts uh, making those moves. Some teams really have gotten so smitten with the portal they've overdone it and, and it's been somewhat ruinous. I mean, you look at Louisville's team and they fired their coach. And one of the reasons they went whole hog into the portal bringing in guys from lower levels and it just hasn't worked. But it's been uh, it's been very popular amongst basketball coaches and programs as well. On Saturday, I think it was Saturday, maybe it was Sunday, I'm not sure, Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim went against each other in Syracuse the last time that 
they're going to do that at a home arena because if they play each other in the playoffs, it'll be at a neutral site. How long does Jimmy, I mean, Mike is leaving. I assume Jimmy is there just for his sons. And do you expect when they leave that he will leave Syracuse? I would think so, but <laughs> it's always dangerous to say, yeah, now Bayham's done, he's leaving. I mean, that, that's been said like 20 times. Yeah, and yeah. he always keeps coaching. Uh, you know, he doesn't very much have a boss. John Wildhacks, the AD, formerly worked at ESPN, and yeah. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's telling Jim Beheim what to do or not do. Mm-hmm. But this has not been a good season, uh, and no. his sons are probably done after this year, and there's speculation that Beheim would be done. Uh, so it could well be, but, you know, again, I mean, they, at one point it was even contractually agreed upon for him to leave, and he didn't. He just said, nah, never mind. And everybody else at Syracuse is like, um, okay, Jim, we'll just go along with whatever you say. Everybody said Mike Hopkins, who had played for him and coached with him, would succeed him, but that did not happen. Yeah, no, it was set up that he would be the successor, and that's Hopkins finally, I think, read the writing on the wall and went and said, he's now the coach at Washington. Yeah, because He, he went 3,000 miles away. He went as far <laughs> away in the United States as you could go because he understood he was not getting this job. If he stood close to Jimmy, Jimmy was not going to quit. But that was when Krzyzewski and Beheim are coaching. That's the most wins in the history of college basketball, right? Yeah, oh, it's, I mean, I mean, incredible longevity. Uh, you think about, Krzyzewski has been the head coach at Duke for 42 years, and he's not the senior guy out of that group. Beheim's been at Syracuse even longer. I mean, yes. Krzyzewski has now outlasted Adolph Rupp at Kentucky, and everybody thought Rupp coached there from when the earth cooled. He went 41 years. Krzyzewski's <laughs> gone right. 42. And now, you know, I mean, Beheim, yes, is... is been been at Syracuse since the mid seventies as the head coach. Before that, as an assistant. Before that, he was a player. I mean, he's I mean, been there his whole life. Diapers. Yeah, his whole life is spent in Syracuse, New York. His entire life, and he'll tell you he loves it. He's the yeah. one. It's <laughs> he's great. The one. I mean, it's great. If you think I about went to it, school it's in like, Binghamton. It's like the yeah. saddest premise I've ever heard to spend your whole life in Syracuse, New York, but not for Jim Bayon. No, he loves it. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. I got one more, and it's local. Patrick Ewing. What what happens? What is what is the solution for this? Because honestly, if I'm Patrick Ewing, I'm not going to quit because I'm never going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. I'm going to try my best and see if I can turn it around. What would you do? Um, I would have to fire him. And I know that's like the most Ooh. politically tenuous Ooh. thing to do at Georgetown. Georgetown I mean, can't do it. They can't. They can't. Well, if they can't do it, you know what else they can't do? They can't win with him. You know, I mean, I mean, this is a disaster. They're winless in the Big East. Yeah. And we're this far in. He had one good weekend in Madison Square Garden and won the Big East tournament last year. And that's it. That is the only thing on his resume other than being Patrick Ewing, which obviously counts for a lot. But I just, I mean, at some point you have to rationally look and say we've got to cut the strings to the thompson era at least in terms of having a head coach who's directly related and say we've just got to do better i would think but again i know this is this is hard to do but it needs to be done i don't think they'll do it because they fired john the third and now i don't think they can fire patrick ewing even with john big john gone i i mean you're right 
but I don't think they can do it. I think they have to accept the slide into irrelevance. And when the contract is over, maybe then they can make a change. But I don't think I don't think they can do it, Pat. I don't. Well, I mean, you'd have a better read for sure on the politics and the landscape there than I do. Uh, you know, and I and so I understand that I, I do. And but what you do is that <laughs> you are. You've already slid into irrelevance. You are last and winless in the Big East. And it's just how long do you want to stay down there while everybody else comes in and recruits all the great talent in the D.C. area and wins games against you? I I mean, it's it's a tough situation for sure. Thank you, Pat. Talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Pat, 40 boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. Tim Wildsmith. That's what a pro can do with a great jingle. <laughs> yeah. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel Land? Yes, thank you. Monday means bagel sandwiches. Uh, we, have we love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Jackie Wilson said it was Reed Petit. Kind of love you got knocked me off my feet. Let it all hang out. Let it all hang out. And you know I'm so wired up. Don't need no coffee in my cup. Let it all hang out. Let it all hang out. That's Van Morrison, of course. Van Morrison's good. Thanks to our <laughs> guests today, Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty. Thanks to our sponsors, ZipRecruiter and X-Chair. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. We've got a bunch of emails here. The first one is from Ricky Herb in Barnegat, New Jersey. Barnegat, New Jersey is in Ocean County, New Jersey, which has like the worst COVID death rate in the entire United States of America, Ocean County, one north of Elizabeth, which is Atlantic County. Dear Dr. Grandpa, as a letter carrier, I'd like to pass along two things. One, it appears you met the same clerk every post office has one of. Ironically (laughs) enough, in my office, ours is actually named Karen. They perform the job, but customer service is at the tail end of importance to them. Sorry you ran into that clerk. B, the cash thing is a COVID thing. Chalk that one up for Nigel. It goes by local guidelines given out. If the mayor said the township offices don't take cash, then the post office won't as well. At this point, I would normally ask to be the official letter carrier of the Tony Kornheiser show, but I know there are too many candidates for that listing. So instead, I'll just ask you to tell Dave Brown from Charlottesville to eat it, which I'm happy to do. (laughs) From Ben in Austin. Dear Mr. Tony, I just walked into the United States Post Office at 600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C., 20003. It was July of 2008, maybe 19, maybe 2009, not just walked in, I walked in. Either way, the presence of COVID-19 virus on my paper money was unlikely and surely would have been unknown to the cashier. I asked her for one stamp. I offered her a $20 bill. She said, we can't give you change for that. I said, you mean you don't have change for a 20 or you don't want to give it to me? She said, we don't give out change for 20s if you're only going to buy one stamp. I took the bill, held it in front of her, and read the inscription. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. The signature under it is the Treasurer of the United States. The money is issued by the federal government. You're a federal government agency. You're required by law to accept it. I had no idea if that was actually true, but it was Washington after all, so I figured the facts didn't matter. I walked out with my stamp in 1948 and changed. Straight cash. Straight cash. 
Uh, from John Howells, who writes, Hey, Grandpa, when you release, re-release your book, you could make a slight revision. I'm back for more credit or debit. <laughs> I had both American Express and Diners Club credit cards. Diners Club was pretty worthless. No one took Diners Club, not even the Chevy Chase post office. It's signed J.H., not that J.H. P.S. We haven't had a good game of hide the trailer lately. I may have missed it. Did you call the number for trailers and tell them where to hide? From Jesse Wire in Warrington, Virginia. American Express tells people who've had the card since 1972 to go online and get their complimentary <laughs> gift. I don't think the irony is lost on them. <laughs> Michael, I didn't get it yet. Uh, it, it might take a while. And again, it might be redirected to my house. <laughs> right, from Papa Theum in Paris, France, while listening to the email of the Canadian blues pianist, now officially representing the podcast in London. All I could think was, if this guy tells us he's also a neurosurgeon in his spare time, I'm going to jump off the roof. A man can take only so much humiliation. From Jake in Emmaus. Oh, by the way, I sent the money back to Mr. Spicer because the kid didn't apply. Wow. Jared didn't apply. So if you're not yeah. going to apply, yeah, yeah. You get your money Gotta back. apply, kid. The correct pronunciation from McCungi is McCungi, uh, McCungi, McCungi, not McCungi. McCungi is a Lenape Indian phrase signifying the feeding place of bears. McCungi is the home of the world famous Allen, Oregon, and Mack trucks. Every heavy duty Class 8 Mack truck built for the North American market is assembled at its Mack Lehigh Valley operations in McCungi. I didn't know that. Did not know that, yeah. From Avi Sherman in Montreal. Greetings from Montreal. I listened to your show yesterday when you told the story about your adventures at the post office and the inability to pay with cash. A few years ago, pre-pandemic, my wife went to the passport office to renew her passport. The new renewal process here in Canada is really quite easy. As long as you fill in the form correctly and bring your old passport, you're set once you pay the fee. My wife was shocked to see a sign at the window clearly stating debit or credit only. How can the passport office, which is part of the government, not accept cash? They are the ones who create the cash in the first place. I thought the story would amuse you and also provide you with some solace, knowing that even the littles in Canada are facing the same problems you are. I, I just find it amazing that a government office will not accept cash. From P.J. Donnelly. Weirdest thing. I, too, was in the post office the other day in Springfield, Virginia, and was able to mail a small package. When told the price of postage, I placed a container of blueberries on the counter <laughs> and walked away. I just received confirmation that the thing was sad. Here's from Shad. Into you crypto. still rang the bell? You're lucky she didn't just say, crypto only, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, that would be a no-go for you. Crypto is for most of us. not working for me. From Eric Nielsen. You know, you could have used your American Express card at the post office. But I know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't bring it. I left home without it. From, um, from David Collier. From the Washington Post restaurant chat the other day, Little's Helping Bigs, and a genie shout-out, literally. Yours, David Collier, Severna Park, Maryland. Best restaurant near the 2015 guest, 11.15 a.m. Your old WAPO colleague, Tony Kornheiser. I guess this is written. Yes. Yes. Uh, recently stated that he missed going to restaurants. He has avoided going out for nearly two years. Can you suggest any decent spots near his home in the 2015? Tom Seatsma, who's the food critic, writes, I think Tony might go for the great Chinese fare at Q by Peter Chang in the jazzy ambiance and American cooking at Woodmont Grill. Tony's editor used to have an office next to mine in the old post building. I remember the two of them hashing things out, sometimes loudly. <laughs> so have you eaten at either of those? I have not. Michael? Have you? No, but I think the Woodmont Grill, a, a, that's an old Bethesda standby, right? I don't know. I haven't been there. I'll have to write that down. Joel Barto in Parkland, Florida. Parkland. John Daly went to the same high school I did, Helios Catholic High School in Jefferson City, Missouri. In 1983, Daly won the individual Missouri Golf Championship, and Helios, I hope I pronounced that correctly, I doubt I do, won the state championship. With Daly as the punter and place kicker, 
John Daly, who knew the Helios football team also won the Missouri State Championship in 1983. Daly still holds Missouri State records in both golf and football. Best nine-hole golf round, 31. And most PATs in one game, 10. 10. 31. <laughs> Let's go the PATs. That's more surprising than the 10. Or the, the, yeah, the 31. <clears throat> From John Pearson in Milwaukee. Since I just let the show steer all of my narratives, I wanted to leap on board to the Hey, He's Famous and From My Town mania. I'm from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. First, it is the home of two-time World Series champ Craig Council, who's, of course, back here managing the Brewers and is the reason that every dad in town duct tapes a baseball bat to their son's hands so they can stay up into the wee hours taking batting practice until they drop because if he can make it, it can happen. <laughs> we also boast Jeffrey Hunter, who played Captain Pike, the original captain, on the pilot for Star Trek. And had the studio not delayed in moving forward, we would never have discovered the bounty of William Shatner. Mr. Hunter was also in The Searchers with John Wayne well before Star Trek. All right. And Sexy Susie sins again afterwards. And I'm thinking that watching that classic on my work computer might not be a good idea. You know, and other than fellow Little and local news anchor Ted Perry, that's the list. From Jane in Vienna, Virginia. I wasn't born there, but I did spend most of my growing up years in Tifton, Georgia. See, this is what we should be doing, small towns. Yeah. I can't think of anyone famous from Tifton, though I'm sure we've had a professional football player or two over the years. After all, it's South Georgia and football's king. But I do know a Tifton-related thing in which you may have more interest. Tifton Turf, the company that makes some of the grass you've probably played golf on. Are you familiar with I'm Googling this right now. Okay. <laughs> my golf knowledge ends there, but I remember Michael remarking on a Tift Tough Turf variety a long time ago, and it kind of felt like it was a David Aldridge moment, sort of. <laughs> Love the show. Been listening for 13 years. From Justin Johnson in um, Arlington, Virginia. I guess I'll jump on this. The band Poison is from my hometown of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. As a 12-year-old, boys, my friends and I would ride bikes to a local flea market on Saturday mornings where Brett Michaels' dad would sell us knives and lighters. He always had a top hat, sunglasses, lots of jewelry, and a van that was painted with the word poison on both sides. He would say, don't use these to kill anyone, kid, as he collected our saved-up lunch money. Looking back, I assume this was his last-ditch effort to protect himself legally in the event that any of us accidentally stabbed each other. So it's good to see where Brett Michaels comes from. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Eli Cruikshank, Grand Mainan Island, New Brunswick, Canada. I hope I'm not too late on the subject of famous people from your hometown. I live on the small island of Grand Mainan or Manan. I don't know with a population of about 2,500. There has not yet been anybody famous out of my hometown until me. I'm only 17, but one day I'll be on ESPN. I'll be a well-known person in the sports media world. Who knows? I may be the next Tony Kornheiser. I do have the long last name and bitterness, just like Mr. Tony. How good is that? 17. Yeah, you're on your way, kid. Uh, dear Mr. Tony, this is from Dan. I just wanted to write to let you know we don't have any famous people from my hometown of Pumpkintown, South Carolina. Pumpkintown. Where's that? Do you think Chan knows where that is? We have Jerry who makes pretty good breakfast at the local diner. Do you know Jerry? Good guy. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. From Matt in Corning, New York. Did you ask if the woman at the post office took Bitcoin? From Drew Kofsky in Westfield, New Jersey. As 1% checkoff always said, when someone in the beginning of the first segment is complaining about having to use a credit card, by the end of that segment, there'll be a reference to correspondence from American Express. I will do one more from Brian Scanson, who signs from Fort Collins, Colorado, DVM, MSDACVIM, who says, I don't know Tim Cree, who's a great emailer. From oh, yes. I've been planning to send this email for almost three years. Next Thursday, March the 3rd, so that's this Thursday, my youngest child, a feminine child, has a birthday. 
She's the third of my three children, and she is turning three years old on the third day of the third month. Moreover, on the day she was born, we went to the hospital as expecting parents do. We were pros by this point, and the day's events progressed routinely. It got to be nearly afternoon when the woman to whom I'm related by marriage progressed in labor. Nearing the joyous moment, it was I realized it was 2.57 p.m. I glanced at the OB and questioned whether we could slow things down a bit. She gave me a curious glance, but then understood my ploy when I pointed to the time. My wife recognized the critical decision before us and acquiesced. At exactly 3 p.m., the little one entered the world. My third is turning three on 3-3 three, three at 3 p.m. Thought you would appreciate it. Also, I'd like to request the title of official veterinary cardiologist. Absolutely. Boy, I hope that Jesse doesn't need you with a Tony Kornheiser show. <laughs> Presuming it is not yet taken. If you grant me this honor, I'll ignore the comments the other day from you and Michael about Hank the Tank, the 500-pound bear near Tahoe. You suggested he would eat his way to a heart attack. Bears don't suffer metabolic syndrome, have evolved to tolerate obesity, and very rarely develop coronary artery disease despite being the textbook examples of yo-yo dieters. Information for life. Thanks for reading my email and to Eric Scanson and Tris, Chris Tabaka, who turned me on to this podcast seven years ago. It's my first email. Eat it. It's great. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But we don't have the shaputzva to do it.
Thank you.